0: What's going on, everybody? This is Brian from the UWO Podcast, and I am very excited for what's about to happen. Uh, This is a collaboration that me and Mr. Bird have been talking about for a while now, and we're very excited for this. First and foremost, let me let Mr. Bird from the Codex Prime Podcast show some love. What's going on, everybody? And we have a very, very special guest with us, representing New York, representing one of the hottest podcasts out there in the game i couldn't do it justice so i'm gonna let the man introduce himself go right ahead what's up everybody my name is sir Wilkins from the job it says podcast
1: and i have a pleasure to be talking some wrestling with these two individuals it's gonna be so (laughs) fun and it's gonna be dirty
0: it's gonna be nasty but it's gonna be fun it is gonna be fun and um Before we begin, uh, we are the topic of a discussion pretty much today is going to be the Dark Side of the Ring and the Dark Side of the Ring series and Owen Hart, but um, it'd be remiss of us if we didn't acknowledge what actually occurred earlier this week. Unfortunately, we in the wrestling community and we in the black wrestling community have lost um, not only just a damn good wrestler, not just a very entertaining human being, but a guy who, in a lot of people's eyes right now, is going to be looked at as a hero, and that is Shad Gaspard. Formerly from Crime Time in WWE, um, I think all of us here have had a Shad interaction, a Shad story. Uh, Mr. Wilkins, I know he was on your podcast recently, um, and he was out in New York, I believe it was twenty-year, um, twenty-year events that you guys hold out there, yeah. Like pay per view screens. Mm-hmm. Um, what were your interactions like with Shad, really quick, as we like pay him some remembrance? Shad was super down to earth, mm-hmm. like.
1: There's there's people who make it who make them who make money and then they they start acting different mm-hmm. and they act like they're better than any, everybody else. But I was just the coolest dude ever when we met because I, I challenged him to um a, a workout challenge. Okay. That's how we met. And we met it through the internet actually. And then he he, he accepted it and he was fucking cool about it. And he was. Just a nice dude. Yeah, that's that, that's really what it comes down to. He was a good person. Yes, and all of my interactions with him was just positive stuff. I remember a friend of mine. He wrestles Isaiah Wolf, and I was like, "Yo, let me introduce you to, introduce you to Shad," because he was at the viewing party. Okay. Introducing to Shad, I was like, "Yo, Shad, this is my boy Isaiah. He wrestles. Um, y'all should just talk." They stayed in contact. Like Shad, like he would send. Sad his wrestling matches to look at, Uh and Sad will give him like, "Yo, hey, work on this, work on this, work on that, work on that." Like he didn't have to do that. He didn't have to do that.
0: No, no, I agree. I
1: will always have love for the dude, and he was super nice. I would text him about. We were trying to. So the biggest thing that I that like, people got to see is that he's a family man.
0: Yes, yes,
1: and. I saw that a while ago because I texted him because I was trying to book him for our July 4th show, which is not going to happen because of COVID.
0: Yeah.
1: And I was like, hey, we have a show July 4th. We want to book you for the show. His first thing was like July 4th is usually when I go with my family. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's going to happen. Let me talk to my wife because maybe we, we can put an it to go into New York instead of going where we were supposed to go to for July 4th. And, and, and I can do the event, but that's just a family guy. He just loves his kids, lo- love his kid, and he loves his wife. Like and we all know how he ended up passing
0: away was him saving his his son. Yes. Like it's a it's a ro- and a lot of people don't even talk about this either. I don't know if you guys remember the story of him stopping a guy trying to rob a liquor store or a convenience store. Yeah. That's true. Yes. yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. Like I saw the video cuz TMZ ended up releasing the video and I'm like why isn't anybody talking about this? Like the guy walked up to him with gun in tow. I guess threatened to like, like, you know, it was starting some shit with him and Shad didn't back down. He got right in the dude's face and the dude was, I guess the dude ended up telling him like, yo, I'm going to rob this place. Get out of here. And Shad's like, you ain't doing none of that shit. Homeboy tried to bolt out the store. Shad grabbed the gun from him, tried to give it to the guy at the register. The guy didn't want it. He held him down. JTG, I guess, was there and ended up coming to where Shad was while they were holding the guy. Like, this is a guy who like needs to be. Like, I know it sucks because it's in mourning, but we need to... Like, guys yeah. like this need to be praised a little bit more. Because he... Not just a hero in that situation, but a hero, like you said, with his family. And, like, saving his, like, 10-year-old child. Like, he sacrificed his life for his child to live a better life. So, Carl, any thoughts or, um like, fond memories of Shad?
2: Uh, I just have that. I've only met him
0: once. And uh, it
2: was, you know, at a... Uh wwe house show in down at uri and just him and him and jtg just came up and just started like interacting with the fans you know while fans were you know hanging around the arenas trying to get autographs and pictures and stuff and there's one actually just put it up in my man cave you know when it was announced that he passed but it was just us sharing a lot like i'm a complete stranger to this girl i was just a fan of marco you know, whatever you want to call us. And he's just sharing, you know, he's sharing a laugh with us. I can't remember the joke, unfortunately. But, I mean, the simple fact that we took something, you know, my friend captured it and we're just, like, sharing laughs and stuff, that just says, you know, says a lot about the guy himself, that he was just, like, he was humble, he was too cool, he was cool to his fans. Like, he enjoyed interacting with his fans.
0: Definitely. Like, he seemed like he was very down to earth and, like, I'll say this, the the, the interaction I've, I've had with Shad and with JTG was at a local show here at uh, XWA in Providence. That's why I asked you about the photo. I'm like, was that at XWA? You said it was at the yeah. UMI show. Um, it was a small indie promotion. It, they were featured as a tag team match against uh, the Spirit Squad of Ken Doan and um, Mike Mondo. And when their music hit, the place went nuts. There was like three or 400 people that were there. They, instead of walking directly to the ring spent the entire time that their song was playing just walking through the crowd and partying with us. Like I'm sitting there with JTD G uh doing the little like little dance I used to do when he was getting up and got all the money and the dice and all that stuff. And the entire the match, I will never forget this about Chad. There was a lady who said he was sexy. Every 5 minutes he would look over to her, lick his nip uh, lick his finger and rub his nipple. It was the <laughs> the crowd popped every time. It was hilarious. But um, but we do have a lot more to talk about. But like we said, you know, we're gonna hear, uh, be here and pay our respects to Shaq Gaspard. You're a great human being, you're a hero, sir, and may you rest in paradise and God bless your family, man. Um, but we are here to talk about a topic that, you know, it's become really interesting in the wrestling world. And I remember when the project originally first came out last year called Dark Side of the Ring. And we're gonna get to the episode that just aired, but I want to ask you guys really quickly, um, What was your favorite episode of this season? Because we hit a lot of different places in pro wrestling, from WWE to failing companies to New Jack within himself. New Jack. Like, there's no other way we could put this. But um, I want to ask you guys. Carl, I'm going to ask you first. What was your favorite episode so far this season?
2: Oh, hands down still, the Benoit. The Benoit episode. Okay. Like, that was just one where that was like, it was tough to watch because mm-hmm. you know you're reliving you know that whole situation because that was like a really like dark weekend of wrestling. Like still to this day, like wrestlers do not like to talk about it. Like they still get choked up, and I still and I felt and I still feel to this day that that was a story that needed to be told, mm-hmm. and they told it the right way by the other victims, the victims that survived they were telling the story. And that's how I felt that that
0: story needed to be told. All right. Uh, So Wilkins, how about you? What was your favorite episode that, like, or that you enjoyed watching this season from Dark Side of the Ring? (laughs) Mujak! (laughs) Mujak! My my girlfriend's going to love that answer, by the way.
1: (laughs) Oh, that episode was the best episode. I get it. The Benoit episode, great. Owen episode, awesome. The UWF one, that's another great one. But the new Jack one, you cannot, like, love that guy after that. Yeah. One, his story, I didn't know his full story. Uh So it was good watching it. And I'm just like, yo, what kind of messed up life were you living before (laughs) all of this? But I loved it. And, And it also, he wasn't the most technically sound wrestler. No. We all know that. But he had he was a character. And I think a lot of guys, especially in the business now, forget about that character stuff. That that mic work, that when people living the life of your character,
3: mm-hmm.
1: borderline not breaking cave and being that guy. Like, it was awesome. You to see that and to see how much of a psychopath he was. Mm-hmm. Vic Grimes. The craziest. The craziest thing.
0: That's all I gotta say.
1: The craziest thing I've ever heard was I was smoking pencil savings. What the
0: fuck? Mustafa. That whole What is that? It was like a serious story. What the fuck? The entire time. See, my my favorite part about that was when he was like, You wanna try this new shit? And Jack looking at him like, Boy, like he wanted to say something wrong to him. Like, Like, What is wrong with you, pencil shit? Continue, continue, Pencil shavings, <laughs>
1: pencil shavings. And then there's parts where like, it was the epitome of 90s wrestling in early 2000. He was like, yo, I was high when I was doing this. I was probably high when I was doing this too. Mm-hmm. I'm probably high right now. He like, probably was. <laughs> oh, he And it was just like the embodiment of how crazy the 90s were and
3: mm-hmm.
1: early 2000s and we got to see that and talk to a man whose story doesn't really get talked about like that, to be honest, because he's so
0: crazy. And that literally is my favorite episode. All right. And trust me, I, I'm a new I'm a new Jack fan anyway. I'm an old school ECW guy. I love all the old stuff. Jack was one of my favorites, and I always said this about him. If you're getting in the ring with this guy, you know what you're getting into. He's either basically gonna, he, he's either gonna work with you. Or you are gonna do something stupid and Jack gonna fuck you up? And every time somebody did something stupid, they, they bombs away. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. And then one of my favorite parts. So tell me what. So tell me what a typical new Jack
2: match is. Okay. So I started stabbing this motherfucker, right? Yeah. You know. And it was like Wild. I stabbed the, the news said I stabbed him 14 times. It was nine
0: times. Count. I counted. <laughs>
2: I'm like this motherfucker,
0: yeah, like. No, it was it was great, and like I said, as a New Jack fan, loved it. Uh, for me, my favorite episode, I think, because it came full circle for them, was Doctor D David Schultz. Like, it, really? Yeah. To me, it's like it was kind of a like it was an interesting situation. Like, you look at a guy who, during that time period, you know, had the skill set and had like the attitude that maybe would have worked in the mid '80s. And think about, like, if he was prom- uh, promised Hogan, like, you got to remember, we had guys like Paul Orndorff during that time. You know, uh, Snooker was on the later end of his run, but you had uh, – who's another person that was down there? Uh, Dibiase was coming in. You had uh, Bob Orton. This guy could have been a major heel in the 80s. And what happened with him slapping that reporter, which I do think it was his own call, even though Vince said stay in character, um, this could have been a huge missed opportunity. But at the same time, you look at where he is now – is his life really dark? You know, he transitioned to another thing in bounty hunting and became one of the best in the world at it. You know, and the guy is living good at this day. He's not really sour about the business because, you know, the business helped get him where he was prior to becoming the bounty hunter. Because like he said on the show, you know, me being Dr. D got me in a lot more doors than it would have had if I wasn't. So, like, and at the end, at the end of the episode, I think the last minute, it kind of, like, summed everything up. Like, the reporter was fine. He said, fuck you, Dr. D. Um, he's sitting there, picking, get ready to pick some cotton and ship it off and stuff. Like, it was kind of a happy ending to a sad situation. Like, it wasn't really a dark, dark turn. But it was just interesting to see how everybody in that situation kind of came out. But, but I think that's
1: it. I think I had spoken on my podcast about it, <laughs> where there was no malice in his intentions when he slapped the shit out of him.
0: Agreed, agreed, yeah. Homeboy,
1: homeboy disrespected him. Mm-hmm. He put it in his place, and that was it. So there was no bad karma coming from that. He got to go to... Like, you, everything that happens, because it was good karma from the situation. Yeah. It wasn't really his fault. It was more the reporter's fault.
0: Yeah, no, agreed. 100% agreed. Like, like I said, that's why I don't think it wasn't a dark story. It was more of, like, a, a career detour that, like, yeah. that fucked him... Yeah. And and, and I only say that because we look at what happened from the 80s up until the 90s. And even though WWE financially isn't where they are right now, during that time when it was still a mom-and-pop business, he would have drew some pretty decent money.
2: Oh, absolutely. Oh,
0: he he definitely would have. Yeah, he totally would have. He totally would have made some decent money. Um, Remember,
2: it's like what he said. The more they hated me, the more money we made. And Bullyway tweeted that, and he was like, listen, Wrestle 101.
0: Yeah,
1: agreed. Yeah, like, I'm not against that at all. At all.
0: Yeah. No, I, I, trust me, I, I always say it's 2020. We know how the cake's made. We know how the magic trick's done. But I enjoy somebody who, who still keeps some type of cafe. Like, one of the reasons why I actually enjoy MJF is I've interacted with MJF and, you know, just passing by him at a beach. Carl was there. Um, Yeah. I said, what up to MJF? He flips me off. Like, Carl sees him in the bathroom. He talks shit to Carl. Like, the guy stays in gimmick twenty. That didn't happen, huh? <laughs> that didn't happen. Oh yeah, but the, gum, the, video, the gum. Y'all thing. saw the video. The gum I tried thing to get
2: his selfie and his written is
0: when he was coming out and he threw his gum at me. Yeah, he threw his gum at him. It's fucking hilarious, but but like I do respect that in some people. Like I I respect guys who do keep kayfabe, even though like I said we know pretty much how it's done now. But um, but let's transition to uh, this past Tuesday's episode, which was. Probably, for me, personally, I felt like it was long overdue for something like this to be said. Um, it was one side of the story, but it it kind of gave us more, like, a little bit more evidence in some ways to what really occurred that night. And what, what I'm talking about is the Owen Hart episode. Um, they call it, I guess it was the last days of Owen Hart. Right was it was, a, it was a really it was a really interesting show. I enjoyed it a lot. I had, I'm, a, I'm a fan of these shows like I said and it's just weird to see like like the, like the clip. To me, the clip is always gonna stick out in my mind. Like seeing that little clip just bothered me. It's like I'm looking at it and I'm comparing it to the one he had before and then even to when like they showed like footage of sting coming down from the rafters. What what's your opinion on the clip? Because I it's a real touchy situation when it comes to that. So Carl, actually, sir, Wilkins, We'll start with you on this one. Um, when it comes to the clip, it's
1: if it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. Mm-hmm. And literally, it was a cutting cost type of situation and making it look cool yeah. at the same time. And the clip wasn't meant for a human being. Point blank. It's not meant for a human being. It's a, a quick release type of thing where any sudden movement, you 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 can die. Yeah, they said and, it was about six pounds of pressure, and
0: the clip would release, right?
1: Yes. And the dude weighed over 220 pounds, so what, what the fuck?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, the, the, the clip shouldn't have been used, mm-hmm. and they were obsessed with him looking a certain type of way, and I get that. But once again, it was they were trying to cut costs, but have a a, a high budget look,
0: which makes no sense. Agreed, uh, Carl. Your, your your thoughts on the clip?
2: The clip that kind of hit me too because uh, for one, the simple fact that she kept it. Yes. All these years, like so I'm like you, this very clip was what ended your husband's life. That's what, that was one thing that really got to me. But like, I get what they were trying to do, you know, cause he was supposed to like trip and fall, like once he got into the ring, just, you know, as, you know, part of the parody act. So it was like, all right, in order to like, you know, to perform this, mm-hmm. they needed something quick release. But I felt like just, it was, it was unnecessary.
0: Agreed. I mean. I understand both I understand like both points of view. Like as a fan, it, it hurts me to know that like that little thing is what caused this man like quite possibly caused this man's death or did. Um to what you were saying, Sir Wilkins, I understand the business aspect of it too. Like I get you wanna have that, you know, faster moving, you know, it looks aesthetically pleasing because it's not a big bulky like hook clip on him or whatever. And they wanted to save time on it. And to me it's like I get the save time portion of it. Because if you really think about the clip, right? If you're thinking about how it's going to work, aside from the little cord on it, when they say six pounds of pressure, him being lowered down, the moment his feet touch the mat, it's it's going to be an instant reaction. It's kind of like when you go on an elevator and you get to your floor and you feel that little, that little jolt or whatever. I feel yeah. like that little jolt of him just touching the ground is what they wanted out of the clip for when he landed. Um, and like you said, uh, him breathing... Could have set that thing off And I think that WWE should have And, and it sucks to say this Because it's 20 Like it's years later It's like 20 plus years later You know I felt like I get you wanted to get it done quicker And be as fast as Sting But if you really look at it Look at what Sting was doing In the earlier portion of him Coming down from the rafters Full body Just coming right down Later on He started rappelling down He had like a little clip on the side And had like a little rappel harness Like someone who's like um, like Like mountain climbing pretty much like, you could have you could done it that way. It could have sped up because he could have controlled his own speed. If you wanted to go quicker, you could have went quicker. If you wanted to go slower, you can go a little bit slower. I think there could have been a better option, but it it to me it hurts a little bit. Like, as a fan, it's like, damn, that sucks. It's like one little piece of metal could have saved this man's life. So, um, but another topic I want to get into on the show, and this is going to be a controversial one about the show, is the legacy of Owen Hart not going into the Hall of Fame. And I think Martha expressed it very well on the show, why she feels Owen doesn't need to be in the Hall of Fame. But as fans, like, after seeing all this, after hearing her testimony, after seeing, like, all the little bits and pieces coming together, Carl, what are your thoughts about Owen and the Hall of Fame? As a fan, this is something I still, I still want,
2: to this day. Okay. Because it it shows forgiveness. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, if you actually remember what they said, they played some of the audio of her eulogy in the, you know, from the funeral, and she says that she indicates that she's a forgiven person. Now, I understand, you know, events, you know, she can't, you know, her husband was killed by the, you know, by the hands of the WWE. WWE had something to do with it. I'm not placing the whole blame on the WWE because it was also the uh, the harness company as well. Yeah. You know they should have. T- you know they should take responsibility as well. And I just feel like, you know, I feel like she's kind of contradicting what she says. Like I, I can, like, I'm a forgiving person, but yet you're still holding this grudge, and it should it still comes off as bitter understandably bitter. Don't get me wrong. But I just feel like I think, you know, you want the foundation, like you said before we went on Yeah, you want the foundation to show that he was more than a person, but yet...
0: Well, more than a wrestler, I mean.
2: More than a wrestler, yet, yeah, but to everybody else, like, he was a wrestler, and it's just a chance to celebrate his career. Like, I, I'm i actually a fan of the WWE all thing. It's one of my favorite shows of the whole entire weekend like Mm -hmm. I'm a I'm a you know I love I'm a historian I love wrestling history I love hearing you know all the road stories and stuff and it's just in to me it's just celebrating even though I know it's a show there's no physical building whatever Mm -hmm. it's still you know it's still their careers are being celebrated and I believe that Owen should be celebrated You know what I mean? And there's also a positive end to this, you know, Hall of Fame, even though there's no building. Like, we all constantly hear about wrestlers going broke. Yeah. So with, you know, the success of, like, Comic-Cons and stuff and wrestlers making all these appearances, by them adding WWE Hall of Fame to their name Mm
0: -hmm.
2: actually boosts up their value.
0: Okay. Uh for those wrestlers that can... I have a quick counterpoint to that. Um, right. just that one thing I'm gonna say. What's gonna benefit um <clears throat> who who would it benefit more? Because like you said, you add WWE Hall of Famer to it, but yeah. the the man unfortunately is passed on. Like it, unless Martha's willing to go and do something like that, that one portion kinda ixes it for me. Yeah, I wasn't okay. talking about like Yeah, in but I, I, I get like, what you're saying.
2: General, like, you know, they you know, when wrestlers, like you said, wrestlers go broke, they do these cons, get some money, you know, they can get that extra money to get them back on their feet. Yeah, That's why I'm all for the WWE um, Hall of Fame. Well, since they're the biggest wrestling company in the world, mm-hmm. they, I feel like they can get the foundation. It's like them two just, work, it's like they're working together. Okay. You know, it can help bring more of, you know, bring more awareness to the foundation. You okay. know, and and vice versa. I think there's something that could be worked out
0: between the two parties. Agree. No, uh, trust me, I agree. Uh so Wilkins on this mm-hmm. situation, uh Owen Hart Hall of Fame.
1: I don't um as a fan, you I kinda wanted like about seventy five percent of me like, yo, that would be dope if he was in the Hall of Fame because it kinda for WWE purposes it kinda like shows like they're celebrating his Shorten legacy. You know what I mean. Yeah. But I'll be honest with you, it's never gonna happen, and I don't blame Martha because you mentioned how that Carl, you mentioned how that she said she's a forgiving woman, right? She would o- she would only forgive if she got the revenge that she wanted from WWE. It's because nobody was arrested. Nobody was put into jail. Nobody's life was, God forbid, like, taken away. She never got the revenge that she truly wanted, mm-hmm. which is why she can't forgive. And I don't know exactly what the revenge is, but I have an idea. It's like, you want somebody to really pay for taking your husband away from you. Yeah. And nobody really paid, because dollars, money's, money money is money. You can get money anywhere. Like, they were well off because... Um, Owen got the bag thrown at him when Brett left. Yeah,
0: yeah, that was another thing they talked about on the show.
3: Yeah,
1: Owen got the bag thrown at him. And so Martha doesn't care about that about forgiveness. It's like, yo, I want this revenge from this company or whoever somebody got to go down and nobody went down. So there's a, a slight bit of bitterness, maybe, I don't know that for sure, but it's our re- just like resentment like, yo, this nobody really got to pay particularly taking away my husband. And, and the father of my children, so I don't think she would ever allow, it, and I don't blame her either, because I'm pretty sure it's the the mere fact she still has the hook, yeah, it's something because something still burns inside of her about it. Mm-hmm. And and there's been stories where the um, Vince did come to her and was like, "Yo, I fucked up. This is all on. This happened all on my watch. Here's some. Here's a settlement for the whole situation." She turns it down. And then supposedly her lawyers was like, yo, listen, let's just put a couple more dollars on, on this on this. And just take this up because nobody's gonna go to jail for this. Nobody is gonna really get arrested for this. So there's nothing we can do about this. It's just a money grab at this point. Mm-hmm. And she took it obviously, because she, she's entitled to that. Her husband just just died. Yeah. yeah. And her being in the hall him being in the hall of fame, does he deserve it? Yeah, but at the same time. I think it's kind of one of those situations where let bygones be bygones. The split in the split different, uh, the split different ways. Mm -hmm. Because sadly, sadly enough, him dying elevated his legacy. Yes, it's on it's on some pocket. It's on some Tupac and Biggie shit. Mm -hmm. Like you, you go on on this on this other level of of legitimacy and like legendary status when you die early. Why? It, but that's just how we, us humans, see see death as, when, especially when somebody co- is dope. Yeah. And the, the way that he died, him died. Like, we were all kids. And we're watching a pay-per-view. We see a man die. And this is another level of legacy. And it's so established. And then she's a smart woman because right after Dark Side of the Ring was done, that episode, mm-hmm. she dropped some T-shirts.
0: For real? Yeah. <laughs> she's she's not dumb. She's a she's a very she's a doctor No, she, I doctor, I doctor now, yeah. So she's a
2: lawyer.
1: But I get where you're coming from, Carl, where you want to see us as fans, you want to see that him going to the him going to the hall of fame and kind of like maybe end the story on a on a real happy note. Like yes. things things end things ended and now they, they've come together and they they've moved past it. But she ain't moving past it. No, She ain't even past it. Not at all. Not at and all all I don't blame her. I don't blame her. I... If somebody kills my
0: wife, nigga. For real. No, I, I 100% agree with you. And and Carl, I'm sorry, but I'm with the 25% of Sir Wilkins on this one. Um, I, as a fan, I felt like this show was my closure because... Like like you said, I I would I would be elated if Owen was to go into the Hall of Fame. Even though personally I'm not a fan of the WWE Hall of Fame, I appreciate the night, I appreciate the ceremony, I appreciate the rings, I appreciate what they do for the legends that are going in. But until you have a physical Hall of Fame similar to the Cauliflower Alley Club, there's another one that's in New York that I've heard, uh, in upstate New York for uh, professional wrestlers, um, where it's like it's not just WWE. You know what I mean? Like it's it's technicians, it's shooters, it's guys who like contributed to the business in more than one way. If he's recognized there, I'm okay with it. His WWE legacy, with all due respect to Owen, because I'm a I'm a fan. If you count, if you take away the Blue Blazer years, you have probably five of the best like years of a technical high flying wrestler you you may have ever seen in interesting and like pivoting storylines. You know what I mean? Um, when it comes to the Hall of Fame, I understand her stance on this. I believe what she's doing is better than him ever going into the Hall of Fame because you took the money that she got from the settlement. She raised her children. She educated herself prior to this and during all of this. She raised two children for one to become a lawyer And want to become a journalist slash animal activist and succeed after a tragic death to her husband. Like, think of it like this. There's people that we know who've had husbands and wives and family members die. And some of them recover okay. Some of them, it takes time for them to move on. Let alone your husband being a national television star, a national athlete who just died live in front of a crowd of almost 20,000 people and almost a million people on pay-per-view. You know what I mean? Like think about the emotional struggle this lady has gone through to take her husband's name and represent something outside of pro wrestling because as she stated in the in the in the show, he always wanted to find a way out. He was looking for a way out. He was planning ahead. You know, because he he didn't want to be a wrestler his whole life. They said something about him being 40 and being done with the business. You know, he was working on his get-out plan. And she may have taken his get-out plan, sped it up a little bit, and his name is representing something great now in, in Canada. You know what I mean? Like, there are festivals thrown in this man's name where, you know, famous comedians are coming up there. Rock stars are performing for this, like, foundation. They're providing stuff for children, people going to school, hard times. You know what I mean? Like, his name is being represented so well by the community that helped raise this guy. As fans, I'm I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with Owen's name not being shit on. Because, all right, think of it like this, right? When we say Benoit, no matter how great of a wrestler he was, it's a dirty word in the wrestling world. When you say Hart, especially Owen, it's more of a loved name in the wrestling world. So to me, it's like the Benoit Hall of Fame conversation and the Owen Hall of Fame conversation are two totally different things. Yeah. But the Owen one, I'm okay with him not being in there now. After watching what I've seen, I'm okay with it now. You know
1: what's crazy with this this um Dark Side of the Ring? Mm. I have a new A part of me like is like what the fuck is wrong with Vince McMahon? Mm-hmm. But another part is like, yo, this man is the most mob motherfucker in the wrestling business, like on some real yes. G yes. stuff. And to to deal with Snucker, to de- to deal with Schultz, to deal with Benoit, mm-hmm. to deal with Owen, and that's just the, the tip of the iceberg. There's so much other stuff that we don't know about. Yeah. Um. You gotta be a different type of person to get through that all of that.
0: He's a he's a hustler. And, and and this is the thing that I always say, right? Like, yes, sometimes we we do shit on the product at times, but we shit on it when it's time to be shit on. When it comes to business, yeah. there is nobody touching Vince McMahon. Like, this guy has been, like, you just said, like, the names you just listed off. Mind you, we're not even talking about the concussion lawsuits, we're not talking about the sexual harassment lawsuits that have gone on.
2: The Ring Boy scandal, you know what I mean?
0: Ring Boy, nasty, nasty man, you know what I mean? Like, this guy has beat it, has beat it all. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's crazy to say this, but it's like, damn, Vince is damn near untouchable. It's crazy to say that, but XFL, he's working loopholes right now to buy out the XFL. Like, this is insane. I saw that. Yeah. I saw that. I was like, yo, That's... this is crazy. Yeah. Like, he knows what he's doing. Like, as much as we joke around about him being old and senile at times, the, the man's a genius. Like, financially, he's a genius. Wrestling-wise, he's a genius. It, It's it's amazing to me how this guy, like, just, just does it all. You know? And he still sound of mind. Which is the crazy part about it? So, he's still right, what? Sound of mind, like he he still knows yeah. what's going on. For a guy like yeah. 70, seventy some seventy four, is not really that like it's older, but it's not that old. Sound wise and, and physically, the guy's in great shape too. Don't get me wrong. Well, he works out every day. Yes. Oh, um, dude, to this day. Did you see the Taker uh, Redemption Part Two? When sure. better than When he, when him than him when he comes out the gym wearing the orange shirt, like he's still jacked. First of all, was jacked.
2: that? The how often do you see Vince in regular clothes? That, that was
1: something. That was, the, that was the first time I've ever seen it.
2: Yeah.
1: That was the first time I've ever, oh. ever.
0: Agreed. Yeah.
2: So I got, a, I got a question for you, too.
0: Okay. Uh, Sir Wilkins. So, on, going, I think we lost it. Uh, just in case. Oh, there he is. He's back. All right. <laughs> just give me one second. There he is. He's back. Go ahead, Carl. Uh, connect. All right. Here we go. He's good. He's in? Yeah, you Hello? yeah, we hear you. Okay. Yeah, you good?
2: Okay. So somewhere. Okay. So a part of that documentary, they said, if like Owen died, but then right after Owen died, mm-hmm. the plethora of talent that came in.
3: Yeah. Yes.
2: Jericho. Jericho came like two months after. Edge and Christian. I mean, Edge was already there. Christian showed up a little later. Yeah. Um. Guerrero, Benoit. Um, the okay. The started. radicals. Who would you have liked for? Who would you have liked to see him go up against? If he had not passed away, with that plethora of talent that came in, and the business was starting to get into, get into that, um, get into a more. Wrestling That's style,
1: the wrestling base, technical yeah. thing type of thing, yeah. All right. Um, I, I would say... Go, go right ahead. I would say um, my first one would have been Jericho. Absolutely. Because of what the promos that could have been done between the two. And it would have been great promo work and also great in-ring work.
3: you on that one.
1: But why would have been another one on that where I would love to see them, but I would love to see those three in a match,
0: and hmm.
1: like get a triple threat match.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, me personally, if uh, like we said, uh, with the plethora of talent that would have came in, WrestleMania, I wanted Owen versus Angle, America versus Canada the best technician to come out of Canada versus an Olympic gold medalist. That would have put asses in seats. Um, and and to know how Angle portrayed himself as like the lovable goofball or whatever, Owen could have been the serious guy. And, you know, face <laughs> or heel wouldn't have mattered to me. Um, I would have loved to have seen him versus Benoit. Uh, I think that would have been a masterpiece. Um, him and Eddie would have been fun just because... the. But the thing is, Eddie's personality wasn't like fully on display, especially when he first left WCW, it took him to like you know Mamacita Latino Heat for people to really like get that love love yeah. behind him. Uh, but wrestling wise, it, any of those matches would have been phenomenal. But for me, it would be him versus Kurt Angle. I would have loved to have seen that story play out.
2: I think him versus I think him versus Eddie would have been e- would have easily been a Meltsa five th- five star. Yes, hands down, because they're both technicians. They're both high flyers who can who can blend all those styles in one match. Like the match would have been like so all over the place, but yet they're still that they, they both have like a hundred wrestling IQs. Oh yeah. Either. So like the story they could have told in the ring would have been like magical. Also, him and Jericho too.
0: Oh, definitely. Um, and really quick too. We were uh, before you got on, uh, Sir so Wilkins. We'll we were having a discussion, and Carl Witten grabbed his book about five star matches, about you know the top 100 things to do in WWE. And one of them was to say, watch all the five star matches. What if I told you Brett versus Owen from WrestleMania 10 was not on that list?
1: I'm not surprised because um, the better match was on that list. The, from that. the SummerSlam? Uh, Razor versus um, Shawn Michaels is on that list. Okay. But from, from, from that particular WrestleMania.
0: Yes. The, one of my favorites of all time, top five. Trust me. When it comes to Mania Talk, that is on my list. I will fight people for that for that match. <laughs> um But no, they didn't have that one. They had the one from SummerSlam ninety four. I believe it was the Steel Cage match, right? It where was Owen, yeah. where Owen ended up hanging his feet down and Brett just goes right by him. I honestly I am so mad now that you just told me that because the opening match at Mania Ten to me and as somebody who's trained, right? I, I say go back and watch that match. That match was damn near perfection. Like every spot, every maneuver, every feed in, every bump was just crisp and clean. And don't get me wrong, the the cage match was awesome too. The cage match was really fun, and that crowd went bananas at the bananas. end. But I am so mad right now that you revealed that to me, Carl. That that is not considered a five star match. And it, what book is I it? I thought it was. It was the. Uh, oh. You have the book, right, Carl? You have it with you?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I pulled it right here. Heard,
0: uh, uh... What is it called? Uh, it's the top 100 things WWE. 100? Hundred... Yeah.
2: Yeah. 100 things WWE fans should know and do before they die.
1: I got to get that. Order that book right now.
0: Yeah. Keep talking, Yes. Yeah, I'll, send it. I'll uh, <laughs> send it to you. All right. But yeah, that, that one it. part right there, like when you told me that, it, it hurt my soul but um, we're going to get a little bit darker really quick. Um, oh, okay. I actually pulled out I, the list. <laughs> I, I, oh, go ahead. If you want to pull out the list, go right ahead, because be All just right, some so, uh,
2: okay. He reads, at press time, th- those include, in order, Razor Ramon versus Shawn Michaels from WrestleMania 10, Bret versus Owen from SummerSlam 94, Bret versus Steve Austin at WrestleMania 13. Excuse me. Shawn Michaels versus Taker from Bad Blood 97, which I honestly, I think WrestleMania 25 should have been on that list.
0: Agreed. I think the first yeah. one, yeah, the first one.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, CM Punk versus Cena at Money in the Bank 2011. Andrade versus Jonathan Wait. Lee oh. versus, no, versus Andrade versus Jonathan Leroy Gargano.
0: He has to say the full name.
2: From uh, I have to say the whole thing. In it from January twenty eighteen, Gargano and Champ from NXT Takeover from April to, from April twenty eighteen. So that was like the Takeover weekend of WrestleMania, and and the six way ladder match from that same event. Mm. Mm. Those are the melts of those are WWE melts of five stars.
0: But, but no, I do want to get a little bit darker on the situation, and we're gonna bring it to the light later on. But um, I want to ask you guys your memories of that night of Over oh. the Edge in nineteen ninety nine. Um, we were all fans during that time period. We were a lot younger. Um, I was in a lot better shape. Uh, but <laughs> but, um, but I want I want to ask you guys, what do you guys remember about actually watching the pay per view, or did you get it a couple days later, or like how did you find out about it? So Carl, I'm gonna start with you.
2: I I actually didn't initially watch it that night, mm-hmm. but I was home and my uncle called me and he had ordered it. Mm-hmm. And then that's when he told me what happened. So then, and then I remember going into first period art class and my art teacher, like every, all the guys, in the class were wrestling fans. She knew that we, it made, by that time, you know, it was national news, mm-hmm. you know, about what happened. She knew that we were going to talk about it. So she actually like delayed class. She said, listen, I know what happened last night. I'm going to let you guys have like some time to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And then that's what, and, yeah, that's what happened. But yeah, unfortunately I did not watch it that initial van i know eddie said that his mom actually convinced him to order it but his mom didn't know me that well at that time
0: uh-huh. so <laughs> you weren't able to come over and hang out not, not on a
2: sunday night when it's a school night
0: <laughs> true true uh so wilkins uh being from someone from who's from new york you you have a different wrestling climate than we do out here in rhode island um hey. and uh i would like to know what was it like for you growing up when when this occurred like what was yes. what was going on with you during this time so a lot like Carl, I
1: didn't watch it because I had to be at bed by 10. Mm-hmm. So I didn't usually, so what usually happens is that I'll catch up on Monday.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: On Raw, they'll give it a, they'll, show, they'll show you the highlights and everything. And that's that's how I end up watching it because my mom would watch Raw with me. Mm-hmm. But Sundays, and I would have to go to bed at 10. But Sundays was like I had to be in bed at nine, nine o'clock. Sometimes ten. It depends. The older I got, it was I had to go sleep a little bit later. Yeah. So, but long story short, I didn't hear. I didn't know about it because I'm in bed at nine at nine p.m.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: most of the time because I, I was really young at the time. And I remember I get to class. I'm about to sit down, and it's a four table, four person table. Mm-hmm. And my boy's across me. he was like, "Yo." Did you, did you see it last night? I was like, what are you talking about? Owen Hart died. I was like, you, you got to be kidding me. And he's like, nah, he died on me. I was like, no, no. So he died. He's coming back
2: tonight, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and, I was, and I was like, she's like, no, he really died. And then he, came, he fell from the ceiling. And I was like, yo. And but you know social media wasn't out back then when, when um, he passed away. There was no way to look back to to, to watch it.
0: Yeah.
1: So I never watched it. Now the older I get, I was like, I'm not gonna try to go try to find it because I think that's a little bit too cryptic for me mm-hmm. to just try to find his death. But but at the time everybody was talking about. It. Just like Carl, the whole class was talking about it. Like, yo, did you see it? Did you what the hell was what, crazy? Next day I, I watched Raw. We all know what happened the next day. Mm-hmm. And it's, people talked about it all over. The news, kids, adults, it was a big thing. And and it's crazy because every time I I think back about it now, I always think when, when I think either Vince said this, bad publicity is good publicity.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And everybody had their eyes on WWE again.
0: (laughs) that is so yeah. true.
2: Well, fortunately if you ever try to look for it there's no
0: vi- there's no video online. Yeah, like, no. It no of really mean, they got really heard- they just no, this- it offline, right? Yeah, from what I heard the only copy that's available is in WWE like uh the Video Vault and they say it's in like vault- it's literally marked with something it says do not ever open or destroy. Like and it's like the hard cam footage of him actually like dropping down. So, that's the only that's the only footage I have of that. Um, my story is kind of similar. Uh, I didn't watch it live. Um, this is my central years. Um, my one year. I Look think. at us. Look at us. We're a bunch of marks that didn't watch one of the biggest events live. What's wrong with us? <laughs> hey, you know, son, not everybody had a black box back then. Well, you know what's funny? I had a black box, but I had to go to a, <laughs> a bedtime. And I, and I will say this. My brother who lived downstairs from me had the black box. He wasn't wa- He didn't watch the pay-per-view because something else was on you know, a certain channel changed over after like eight o'clock, so he was more paying attention to that than he was the pay-per-view. Um you only need that channel for five minutes. I know, Joe. It's like, damn. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ring him on that one. But, uh, but no, I, 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 showed up to high school, and this was during my bad time where I was bunking school. You know, at Central High School, we met at the bridge, and then we bounced. So I had my crew, my little crew of friends, and we were all wrestling fans. Um, I'm the last one to show up. There's like nine of us, right? I'm the last one to show up. I see two of them in tears, one holding somebody else, and just another group of people just, like, looking at us like, what is wrong with you people? I get off the bus. I'm walking over. I'm like, yo, what's going on? How was the pay-per-view? They're like, you didn't hear what happened? I'm like, no. My boy goes, we're leaving right now, and pulls out the VHS tape. For those of you who don't know what a VHS tape is, it's a little square, (laughs) a little rectangular thing like this. They used to put a thing called a VCR. (laughs) (laughs) You would ring, hit <laughs> <laughs> now you gotta explain what a VCR is. Have you ever watched the React channel and seen what these kids look at? They're like, "What is this?" It's like it's a rotary phone. You put a finger in, you spin it, and it dials it. All right, but that's beside the point. But uh, I got this- a
1: story after this one. I got a story for you go guys.
0: And it, and it, but go ahead. All right. But um, but no. So it was like, all right, we're bouncing. So we went inside. We checked in the homeroom. Fifteen minutes. We're out the door. We're hopping on the next bus. We're going to my friend's house. There's nine of us deep his father knew we were coming so we showed up at the house and he goes you guys want to watch the tape don't you and we said yeah so next day before before raw i sat down and i watched the tape and i will never forget how eerie it was because i see the first promo and i'm like so when the hell did what what happened and they're like don't worry they'll explain it to you and then you just see the crowd and i'm just looking i'm like damn like what the fuck happened and then you hear jr just looking at them it just like kind of freaked me out and I won't lie, I watched the episode of Raw that night, and then I Ugh. I stopped watching for like a month because I just felt so like weird about it. It's like, damn, like really, he died. It it was just like it was shot because Owen was one of my favorites. Like I I loved the Black Heart, I loved the Nugget, I loved King of Hearts. I was a fan. I love. I was always an Owen guy. I was never really a Brett guy. I was more of a Shawn Michaels guy, but I always liked Owen because Owen looked cool in the ring. Like it just hit me, man. As a fan, it was just like, damn, that. Fucking sucks, and it sucks too. Cause at our age, and Carl, you know from being out here, like, like we're a small state, but wrestling fans at that time weren't as vocal as we are now. Like you said, with the internet and everything, like it was like you knew people who watched wrestling, and then you made fun of the people who watched wrestling. You know what I mean? Like that's what it was back in the day. So the people mm-hmm. who watched it, we kept it on the low, but we were always together, and it was just a weird, weird feeling, man. Like for me, I was just, I was just creeped out by it, and. I ended up buying the VHS tape like I want to say like eight years ago, and unfortunately, my ex-wife ended up throwing it all away during our like separation and stuff. But I actually had, Damn, dude. I actually, yeah, I actually had, this, yeah, Damn. dude, I had a box of basketball, of basketball cards. I'm talking Jordan misprints, all of this stuff, like in cases <laughs> screwed up, like holographic. She threw it all away. I'm so pissed. But I didn't think I beat this one so good. Huh. I think I treat this one so good. I, I worship the ground this one walks on. Hey, bro. But you know what I mean. Like it, it, it was just as a fan, it was just like an awkward, weird feeling, man. Like it just, it didn't sit right with me. But I ended up coming back around and watching wrestling again. But I, as a fan, I will never forget that morning that I found out that he passed away.
1: It, it's it's crazy, but um, I have a quick story because we mentioned the VHS thing, right? Yes. I'm watching, I'm hanging out with my little sister. My little sister is 22, 22, 21. And we're watching something on TV, and Damon Dash pops up on the screen. Mm. And and I'm sitting there, I was like, oh, that's Damon Dash. Like, who's Damon Dash? <laughs> and I was <just> like, <laughs> what? Do you, what do you mean, Who David Dash? Is? It's, it's David Dash from Rockefeller. Yeah. She's like, what's Rockefeller? Oh, that uh, hurt me. I was a mark Rockefeller mark, man. Ooh. <laughs> ooh, that hurt and, and, and I'm sitting there, I was like, you know what? I'm not mad at this because you are like young. And this is way before your time, like when you will actually like can, can interact with it. But what's crazy, the few times I've watched wrestling with her, yeah, she'll recognize The Undertaker.
0: It's funny because so he's such a well known character. That's why, yeah. Exactly.
1: But th- when, when she said I was like, oh, so this is what's going on now. I am getting up in age now because <laughs> you don't know who the hell
0: who David Dash is. That was like 10 years ago, 10, 12 years ago. Nah, it's not. Rock was more it's like not. late 90s. Early 2000s. Oh, yeah, damn. That's yeah, how I feel. Right. Shit. The, the split, <laughs> it didn't happen until about 05. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, 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 damn. Yeah. Time flight. Like seriously, time flight. I'll tell you, I'll tell you this little funny thing, right? Uh, my stepson uh, is obsessed with uh Fortnite in like NBA 2K. So the other day I, I have a modded Wii and I was able to get like GameCube games on it. And I just realized Def Jam Vendetta fight for New York. Both of them. <laughs> they were on Woo. the system. I found NBA streets volume two. I'm sitting here like, okay, I'm going to show this boy something. I put on Def Jam. I see Snoop Dogg. Who's the rest of these dudes? I wanted to throw him out of a window. Like, you don't know Buster. You don't know Fat Joe. And, and yes, I will say this because my girl would laugh my ass off. Fuck Fat Joe in that game. He is nothing but pedigrees. And it's, it's, it's damn near impossible when him and Buster are jumping you. But this boy looked at it like, what is this? And then I showed him NBA Streets Volume 2. I'm like, this is one of the most fun basketball games you will ever play in your life. He goes, yeah, but there's no shot meter. And walks away. I'm like, you you kids, you you know nothing. You know nothing. I want to kick you. But oh. but
1: our parents are the same way with us, though.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Our yeah, parents is- are the
1: same way with us. So we – like, I, I always want to – like, because people – shit on newer wrestlings in some ways or another like
3: mm-hmm.
1: i've been i've been around like old school heads like yo that the business the business is not the way it's supposed to be anymore blah 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 mm-hmm. but it's evolving yes it is it's, it's evolving it may not be evolving the way that you want it to evolve mm-hmm. but it's evolving because how tall are you guys i'm six foot four and and um
2: carl 5'11 i'm yeah like hell i'm short
0: no you're like seven or six you're at least well, like six six one well, well, I've you a... guys are fucking above six feet. I'm like
1: five nine, maybe five ten, maybe. Not. I, I lie to my girl and tell her that I'm five ten, cause my girl's my girl's tall. Uh-huh. But a guy <laughs> my height and my, cause cause I only weigh, cause I cut down weight when I started wrestling. I weigh like about on a good day two fifteen, mm. and I'm like about five nine. But now I can get on a big stage, cause yeah. you have guys like Johnny, Johnny Gargano, Adam Cole, yeah. Champa. Who aren't monster-sized people, and that's the e- the evolve of the business is evolving, mm-hmm. right? Where guys, where things are changing in the business, and, and that's the that's the beauty about like the evolving. But I understand other things, but it's crazy because we're all talking about like certain things, and it's like it's um it's like oh things are changing. And like, oh my God, what do you not No, But it's like yo, that's how it is because our parents probably was like yo, you don't know who. Who this person is? You don't
0: listen to this? You don't know who that? Yeah, no, I mean you can even take basketball into this. Like aside from Magic Johnson, how many six foot eight guys you know that can handle the ball and bring it up the court like a LeBron or right now like a Luca or Giannis? It's like everything evolves eventually and the style of play does change. You know what I mean? And it's the same thing with pro wrestling. Like, mind you, like I right. said, I'm six foot four. When I was training, I was about like two eighty five. What if I told you I could hit a four fifty splash? they will tell you, they will tell you to sit the fuck down. Exactly. Because I will will tell you this. I can hit a 450 splash. I hit it once. I got the shit win knocked right out of me. I said, I know I can do it. I never need to do this again. Never again. And they, when I was training, and it's funny because of Carl, you know my opinion on him. They told me when I was training Train as if I was Mark Henry To slow down the pace And at first I'm like What the fuck Like I want I could fly I'm a martial artist I, I could do all of this And then After the 450 It all hit me It's like Oh shit I get it Like just because I can do something Doesn't mean I need to do something It's like What's uh, your opinion
1: on Mark Henry? Uh, I know we're going oh, off subject It's supposed to be Dark Side of the Ring But I, 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 <laughs> Oh no,
0: It's not It's Alright I will never take away his accolades Of what this man has done I called his bullshit over a year ago. I, I'm a fan. Of, I'm a fan of Busted Open. I've been a fan of Busted Open Radio for like nine and a half years now. I used to be a truck driver. Um, I enjoy the show. Mar- how Mar- many lives
1: have you lived?
3: Huh?
1: <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> how many <laughs>
0: lives have you lived? Okay. <laughs> trust me, I've been. I trust me. I've traveled to different countries. I've done a lot in my young age. I'm a Renaissance man, as I say. But you know, I'm stuck in a home with a castle now. It. But um, but no. When I was a truck driver, I used to listen to Busted Open. I've been a fan from like the early before it was even live for five. Um, Mark Henry comes onto the show and I respect Billy Ray's opinion because he's a very honest person and he gives a lot of insight. I enjoy mm-hmm. Tommy dreamer because Tommy's just one of those guys that you love. Like you feel for the guy. What do you sacrifice for the business? All this, all this, stuff. When Mark Henry got on the show and mind you, it's a show for wrestling fans. That was by wrestling fans that now brings wrestlers in from day one. He just gave off such a shitty vibe like, tell him, really? Like, yeah, he tell he used to tell fans to shut the fuck up, you know, don't bring that but like logical things that we can sit here and discuss like even how we were just discussing, you know, the evolution of people in the business like size and all this stuff. You know, if we even have an idea, he would shit on us. He's like, don't bring that weak shit in here. Shut the fuck up. Hang up on this person, blah, blah, blah. There I, I did an episode and uh, there's somebody in our chat named Rinaldi will literally bring you to the episode. And on our show, we have this thing called Burial of the Week where we used to bury like, oh, I mean, we still do, but we bury gimmicks just in general. And one day I just went off on him. It was like a year ago. And it was just like, dude, you come off as such like such an asshole, especially to the fans that like made you money. You know what I mean? Like the people like people like me who grew up loving Mark Henry. You know, I'm a nation that I will fight nation of domination all day long. You know what I mean? Like celebrate it all day long. But when you start disrespecting fans, it becomes a little bit of an issue. And like Shoot. I'm not even going to get into the Leo portion of it, but I see where Leo's coming from with how Mark, like right now he's portraying himself like this untouchable mobster. Like I understand the delegation. I understand that there's probably a community of black wrestlers who, you know, are united together looking out for one another and all this stuff. I, I and I even heard that Shad was a part of it. I respect all of that. But my biggest thing is the moment you start shitting on the fans for having an opinion on a company and mind you, WWE is a company that, quote, unquote, wants to hear the fans' voices. When you hear the fans' voices, you're going to get positive, and you're also going to get negative. You know? <sighs> and even if we disagree on something, doesn't mean we don't like something. We love pro wrestling, but everybody sees it a different way. There's a re- That's a reason why there's Ring of Honor fans. There's a reason why there's ECW fans. There's a reason why there was ECW fans, WCW, AWA, um, Georgia Championship. Like, we all love this business for what it is. And I'm sorry, when you start shitting on fans and telling us to shut the fuck up and, you know, and you're hanging up on callers. And mind you, these are callers, like, you know, when you listen to a radio show, you get the same callers over and over again that, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, hey, we got, you know, uh, there's a guy called Stay at Home Reggae Dad from South Carolina. We know it's the same guy every time. But, like, when you start shitting on the people who call the show and have been calling the show way before you got here, kind of lose respect for you. And then as time goes on, just the little things, the little remarks and you know, it, I'm sorry. I, I don't want to talk about the Leo thing, but homie, now you ready to drop a lawsuit over Twitter beef? Like, uh... so I'm gonna throw this. I'm gonna throw this at you. Okay. Um,
1: I've, I've met Mark a couple times. Mm-hmm. Solid individual. I'm not gonna say he's was a. It was the most phenomenal moment in my life. Mm-hmm. Cool dude. Nothing really crazy. I'm not gonna shit on him. He's been to a couple of my viewing parties. Mm-hmm. Never been anything negative. Not real negative. I can say about it. But I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna say this, Carl. You you you've also been in a, a wrestling. We've all wrestled wrestled in some type mm-hmm. right? And the thing is, wrestlers really don't respect fans, especially old school wrestlers. Agree, that is true. And it's they think that fans don't don't know nothing, mm-hmm. and that's. Mark's mentality because you have to you have to also remember mm-hmm. Mark was brought into the business. Yes. He didn't he didn't come into the business. He was brought into the business. Yeah,
0: I agree. Yeah.
1: There's there's a, there's a whole difference. He was signed to a multi-year contract to WWE. Mm-hmm. He's only been with WWE. Yes. So there's a a, ma- a magnitude of loyalty to the business and respect for the business. Where you think that nobody else knows anything if you're outside the because he's from that old school era yeah. where everybody outside the wrestling fraternity no no, doesn't know shit. Agree.
0: No, I'm not. I'm
1: not the. I'm not the. I'm not defending it. Mm-hmm. It's still wrong for being a dick towards fans. Yes. But it's still one. Of, it's one of those things where like, this is a, this this is just who you are. It goes. back to what we're saying. That old school, like our parents, like well, this is not good anymore. Yeah. That's that's who he is. Bully Ray is the same way, but he does he does it in a different type of way. Mm-hmm. Um, the only one I can personally say is like he has a, a different mentality about the evolve, like the, the the game evolving is Tommy G. Yes, absolutely, because he sees things way differently. Yeah. And I knew he he saw things because when he met me, he was like, "Yo, why aren't you wrestling?"
0: Oh, you can see. He can <laughs> to look at you and just be like, "Your money." <laughs> but the
1: thing, but the thing mm. about it, I'm so much smaller than an average wrestler in from his era. Mm. Like Tommy's like your height yeah like it like you meet wrestlers you're like yo these guys are giants mm. and i remember when i met jtg he's a he's a maybe yeah. like an inch or two taller than me
2: mm-hmm. but the dude is like this wide <laughs> yeah <laughs> but
0: yeah because i met j i met jtg the same day and i'm just like he was little and i'll say this yeah about, i'll say this about Shad when i was standing next to him during that little crowd thing like I said, I'm six foot four. I was like almost 300 at that time. He made me look like a midget. Like that dude was just, Bro. like the beast name fit him. But uh, but no, but just to, just to finish off with the whole Mark thing, I'm not denouncing any of his accolades, what he's done for this business whatsoever. I, like, don't get me <laughs> wrong when I say that. It, I definitely didn't take it that way. No, no, I know, I know. But, but you know what I mean? Like, as a fan, it's like, like you know when they say sometimes don't meet your idols because sometimes you never know what you're going to get? Like, that's what I'm getting the vibe off Mark Henry. And it sucks, too, because, like I said, he's done a lot for this business. Like, him bringing, bringing in a ton of talent and scouting talent for WWE. Amazing job. He's found some of the best people out there. But it, it the, sometimes it's not what you say, it's how you say it sometimes. Oh, you
3: say
1: it. No, you're 100% right. And I totally get your point of view on it because it's like, yo, bro, like, why are you acting this way? But then, also, he's the old head.
0: Yeah, agreed. He's the grumpy yeah. old head. Yeah, and, 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 and it's like to each his But you know something? Hey, he's he's sitting in Texas with millions, and I'm sitting in one socket. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> like I can't can't so, hate on I can't hate on for that. Yeah.
2: So I want to bring it back. I want to bring it back to Owen. So okay. okay, go ahead, brother. Okay, another hypothetical: If he was still alive, now his kids are all grown success is in his way and he decided to like had come back what would you have what would you see him doing now
1: in what capacity You want him to be wrestling like, or you want him to like and,
2: like business? anything okay anything regarding the business
1: it is gonna sound crazy i think he'll be in the hall of fame already that's one yeah. But I think he'll be at AEW. And, and but, I, cause I don't think, cause Owen doesn't want, doesn't love the business of the way that his rest of his family does. Mm-hmm. Right. So if he were to do something with WWE, they would ask for a lot more. Mm-hmm. Cause WWE is like, you go there,
0: you working. <laughs> yeah. okay, you this, working. I got the Saudi money over here. Like, yeah, yeah you working? Soft, you know what I mean. You you work and work. I see him doing
1: like some some pop up spots maybe in AEW. You know, doing something like real basic. Cause cause the dude didn't. He loved the business. The business was part of who he was, but he didn't wasn't in in love with the business. He had love for the business, but right. wasn't in love with it. It just the uh, just that he was super talented, so he did what he did. I just see him not really wrestling. Maybe do some some autograph stuff here and there, and do maybe a, a an appearance in AEW to get a major pop, and that's it.
2: Okay. Mm-hmm. Brian,
0: um, I'm kind of on the same like wavelength, but I don't think it would be AEW. I think that maybe him and you got to remember Canada during that time period has given us some of the greatest, you know, athletes out there. Like, you can talk Jericho, you can talk Storm, mm. you could talk, you know, what I mean, there's so many names. I wouldn't be surprised if, if he was still alive today and he was contributing to the business stampede opens right back up with the, emotion, really, I, I would hmm. love to have seen maybe a revamp version because like when they were talking about the dungeon closing down and like, you know, the heart brothers, you know, sliding away and letting other people take over. I could see Owen being that one saying, Hey Brett, you know, let's get the family together. You know, let's talk to guys like Chris and you got to think Lance was out of the business for a while. Um, like let's start producing our own stuff here. You know what I'm saying? Similar, maybe similar to what NWA is doing now. Like I could totally see them doing something like that. Maybe not Stampede Wrestling since you know Vince bought the rights to it, but like revamping the Canadian wrestling scene because we all know Mexico's doing good. We see how Japan's looking. You know what I mean? Like over in Europe, they're just like all over the pre- place with like progress and stuff like that. I would love to see. I would have loved to see him do something mm-hmm. back in Canada. You know what I mean, with like, and think about the young talent that we have right now from Canada, like guys like Ethan Page and um, and uh, jo- uh, Josh Alexander, guys like that. You, there's so much talent that comes out of Canada. I wouldn't be shocked if they tried to revamp something down there because it, because honestly, I, I, I thought it would be great just to, not even as competition, but just as something new to watch, especially with like you know, the internet taking over and like YouTube and stuff. There's different and creative ways it could have been done. So I would love to, maybe that's something that Owen could have done. But um, to agree with you, I don't think it would be WWE. I think it'd probably be more of an AEW or even an NWA. Honestly, I could, I could see him as like the head agent
2: for 205 Live. Okay. I think with his, with his knowledge, 205 Live would have better recognition in what it does now, mm. I, can it. I can see that I can see that. I can see that.
1: I just don't really see him doing anything full on, like, yeah, with with like heavy on heavy on the wrestling scene. Um, it, it just it just because everything that Martha said mm-hmm. was all about like, yo, he doesn't really, he's not really in love with the business. That everybody thinks he like he should be.
3: Yeah, I right. Think, yeah, like,
1: he was. He like wasn't a lifer. Like, Carl, you said, like, you you you, you can't with the whole concept of, like, maybe his kids are all grown up and everything. I see him just, like, living his life with his wife. Yeah. You forget. They met each other when they were, like, 15. What is it, 16, 15? 15? Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. Brian said, he's like, I'm 15 years old. You, you meet a woman, and
0: that's that's it. Yeah. Look he's at a simple-ass dude. Natty and Tyson kid, they've been together since high school, too. I think even earlier than that. I think, like, middle school. Yeah, they were
2: really, yeah, they were really,
0: really young. And really quick, I haven't really acknowledged the chat, but uh shout out to everybody that's in the chat. And uh Sir Wilkins, uh my cohorts from the show, Eddie Ortiz and Kyle Chapman say what up to you. Uh Carl, oh. they said they hope you get diarrhea. Oh, well, that's Kyle. <laughs> oh yeah, it's definitely Kyle. Wow. Kyle still a,
2: Kyle's still mad well, at me that right? oh my God, Wilkins, you would have <laughs> loved, loved to have been a part of this. Oh boy. Thirst trap tournament. Thirst Trap Tournament? Yes. <laughs> Thirst I, Trap Tournament we had a couple
0: weeks yeah, ago. I'm, I'm pretty much bored at home. Like, as you can see, I have uh, the wrist messed up. I'm waiting to have surgery, but since it's elective, I can't have it yet. Um, So I've been home. I've been coming up with different ideas. Last week, I did a UWO Jeopardy. And prior to that, I did this thing called the UWO. I th- work. He did. Um, <laughs> And I did this thing called the UWO Thirst Bracket, where I took a bunch of beautiful women from all promotions and whittled down a 64-woman tournament down to just one and to this day they are pissed off uh Kyle especially and our, and our boy Ray Gomes are pissed off that Bianca Belair defeated Sasha Banks in the very first round i made every choice difficult and i had to put those two together and they um, will, they will not let carl live that down
1: i personally think bianca should win that
3: okay
1: <laughs> i on a on a real Personal level, in the most respectful way I can say this, and hopefully my girlfriend doesn't see this this um video. <laughs> <laughs> <you know. laughs> well, I girl was part of me, actually. Of
0: <laughs> but no, no. But like, it was uh, just it was just something fun. Like, I made it very clear. It is.
1: It, it sounds like it's fun, but I'm going with Bianca Belair on this. Man. All
0: right. I, I trust me. I'm not. The heat's not on me. It's with Kyle and his friends. But uh, but it's all good. Uh Just so you know, the winner of the the bracket was indeed JoJo. JoJo made it to the end, and JoJo JoJo ended up winning. Um, how but, did how, how, Brian how did the like how did how did it was voting like how did you guys do it exactly to like Uh pretty much we did we did a live stream similar to what we're doing now. Uh, I came up with the bracket um on every round of the bracket I had two photos that would pop up on the screen so people who were watching at home could see it. Um and I had it like the first round I think I had like 6 people, the second round I had like about 8 or 9 and um I, I literally asked everybody, okay, this is this photo, this is this photo who are you going for? And I, based on their votes, I did not have a vote in this because trust me, the person I would have wanted uh, got eliminated kind of early, but she needed- Who was it? Huh? Who was it? it, was, it Come was on. Mandy. I'm sorry. It was Mandy. I You can't you can't look at, I, I don't want to get you in trouble, but you can't look at Mandy and say that girl not.
1: Oh, Mandy's in the top five. Yeah. Mandy's in the top five. <laughs> yeah.
2: I, I, I was going, I went for Nia as long as I could though. Yeah.
0: Nia, Nia everybody knows. The, everybody the, knows. Everybody
2: knows I love Fry's me much.
0: So there, there, were, there, there were quite a few upsets, but um, but we have been talking for over an hour now, and so Wilkins, we don't want to keep too much of your time. Nah, no, it's all good. It's all good. Um, really quick, uh, fond <clears throat> memories of Owen Hart, like moments that make you happy, or moments that you want to tell your friends, yo, you should have seen Owen when he did this or oh. did this. Like, what's something that stands <clears throat> out to you with Owen? His King of the Ring winning okay Uh, that's
1: what that's one of one of my favorite moments king of hearts type of thing i love what they did with him Mm -hmm. and they they didn't do him justice with that Mm -hmm. because it didn't catapult him to the next level agree um where that level of superstardom that that he i mean granted he was a super he was a star but he wasn't on that like in, in the main event scene, the way he should have been and all that nature. And it's it's kind of disappointing because that's what the King of the Ring used to be for, yep. especially during that time. Mm-hmm. I remember distinctively when Brock was on his way of winning
3: mm-hmm.
1: the King of the Ring, I kept hearing JR said, King of the Ring, you win King of the Ring, you go to the next level, you become a star. Yep. King of the Ring, you become a superstar. It to elevates your brand. Blah, 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 blah. He kept saying it over and over because I'm I'm pretty sure Vince is in his ear telling him to say that, but mm. I always remember that. And then when I look back, I'm just like, why wasn't Owen given that? Yeah. But his win, the way that he did it, his mavada his, when he won that, when he won it, and then it, the ceremony was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that problem.
0: And, best cape and crown ever, and that big-ass <laughs>
2: <sector laughs> Well, if you do remember, King of the Ring '94, and then SummerSlam '94 was against Brett for the title. True,
1: mm, you are right. You are right. And
2: that actually solidified him as one of the top heels in the business at that time.
1: I just feel like it should have it should have been done more, man. It's the more oh, it should have been should done.
2: Have, he should have gotten the strap. I would have think, honestly, if. I, honestly, in hindsight, even though WrestleMania 20 was a beautiful moment, Owen probably would have been would have gotten one of those titles.
0: I can see that. I can see that too.
2: Around that around that time, or at least maybe a little sooner, but Owen definitely would have gotten that that title, one of those titles, and we would have and we would have some five style matches from that bundle of talent that came
0: in shortly after he died All right. Uh, first and foremost I'm both offended that neither one of you said him during high energy with Coco beware Um, (laughs) (laughs) but but no um, for me it's it's Owen Hart with all as the kids say drip you remember when Owen used to walk around with a tag team title and then have another tag team title and then have the intercontinental title and then have a slammy and then have another slammy like this guy was like walking like pure glorious like just like, Owen when he had those belts. It didn't matter who his partner was. They'd be walking out. You just see Owen come out from underneath the camera like, yeah, got, got these. Um, Owen always made me laugh. Um, but the moment to me that stands out with Owen, I think it's because I was there for this was Royal Rumble ninety four. Oh, uh, um, him, him right, I'm Brent, sorry him and Brett versus the Quebecers when he finally turned on Brett. I think to me like I know we said Owen never reached that true main event level, but I think that was the night they really like the eyes were really on Owen. Like the Survivor mm-hmm. Series thing got Owen a little bit of juice, but I think the moment he turned on Brett and I'm like I said I'm being biased cuz I was there at the show, um it it really put that stamp on him. It's like, okay, we got to pay attention to Owen now. Like that was the build up leading into WrestleMania ten. Him getting that match with Brett and winning with Brett. You know, it was the lead into him winning the King of the Ring that year. You know, it was it's it was like the lead it was the start of a journey of a guy who I think was overlooked for a long like an early portion of his career and really displayed like you know how they say, every time you step foot through that curtain, you have to sell yourself from the moment you walk out to the moment you walk back. And I think it really put eyes on Owen, and Owen proved that he could take the ball and run with it. That's just my perspective, but uh, King of the Ring, great moment, uh, and Slammy Awards, Slammy Awards. Whenever he got his – Owen 316, I just broke your neck. Like, that was wild. That you know, was wild. You know what I mean? Playing off the old uh, I broke Wahoo's leg. You know what I mean? It was. Yeah. It was just great, and those are like the happy times I think of when I think of Owen Hart.
2: Okay, and another okay, another thing. So we all have heard. well, I'm assuming we're all lifelong fans. Mm-hmm. We're all fans fans of the on the road stories. Owen was known to be a river. What was your favorite story that you heard? My-
1: I
0: don't really have
2: favorite one but go ahead go ahead
0: Brian I was going to say my favorite one I think and it's funny because it was like an extra on dark side of the ring and I've heard the story plenty of times ah. Delo Brown Delo Brown having a match with Owen I think they said it was I think it was a house show right where Delo was being kind of stiff and Owen's telling him to calm down
1: I remember this one
0: Yep and then he puts Delo in the headlock he tells Delo hey look down at your shoe Shoes untied how the fuck is my shoe untied? A little bit more wrestling. Bam, puts him in a headlock again. Look at your other shoe. He's like, how the fuck he do that? Puts him in another hold. Look at the ref shoes. The ref shoes are tied together. Like, are you calm now? Are you relaxed? Let's wrestle. To me, it's like, first off, how the hell did you do that? That's the first yeah, thing I want to know. Yeah, like, That's the first thing I want to know. Second, it's like... It goes to show you what he was as a worker because, you know, as as we discussed, as we've all had training and Sir Wilkins, you're currently training. You're putting your life in another person's hands when you step foot in that ring, whether people believe it's real, predetermined or use the F word. And I'm not a fan of the F word, but you you look at that and you're like, this is somebody who I'm about to work with. I got to make sure he's OK to make sure that I'm OK. Mm-hmm. And even just that little, you know, messing around with your shoe unlacing them and whatnot. It's just trying to let him know, hey, relax, take a breather, let's get through this. And it shows the professional that he was. Like it shows the professionalism this guy had. So uh aside from some of the other hotel stories, I think that's one of the coolest ones out there. What about you I, got, I got two. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, one was uh it was one of the in your houses, and they had the slot match. Like the pig pen match with the goblins? Oh,
0: yep, yep, the hog uh, hog pen match.
2: The hog pen match. And Owen actually let the pigs inside of Vince's office. (laughs) That's a rare occasion that you hear like somebody pulling a rib on Vince and actually getting away with it. The second one was, okay, what is the one opponent that The Undertaker has never and can never be.
0: We're going to go there. Cucumbers. cucumbers. <laughs> Owen would put cucumbers.
2: He actually did it. He put cucumbers in The Undertaker's iced tea at a Waffle House. Undertaker drunk the iced tea, saw the cucumbers, and started throwing up everywhere else. Everywhere in the
0: Waffle House. Holy shit! <laughs> Let me get that. That's a Bruce story, huh? No, that was a Paul Bearer story. Really? Really? All right. Good quick, quick trivia: Who was in the Hogpen match? Oh, uh, you got me. So, <laughs> Wilkins? to what? Nah, who is it? I'm about to, about to Google it on my, my laptop right now. <laughs> it was it was Hunter Hurst Helmsley versus Henry O. Godwin.
1: Was not when that was that around when Hunter was getting
0: buried? Yeah, yeah, after yeah, the, okay, yeah, yes, after the whole uh, click thing, yeah. And this yeah, is why me... I'm
2: retiring from UWO Jeopardy, I'm retiring <laughs> on top.
0: <laughs> so, and for anybody watching, uh, I'm gonna be working on some questions pretty soon. I'll make an announcement when I have the next Jeopardy up. So, uh, any returning competitors, any new competitors that want to hop in, let me know, and we'll definitely get you on because uh. It was fun last time. It was real good. Uh, You know, I
2: actually want to see... This is something I would want to see. Okay. What? In UWO Jeopardy, I want to see Sir Wilkins versus Mr. Black versus Janelle from HR.
1: My brother's winning that. I'm being (laughs)
2: honest. My brother's winning that. Uh,
1: that. My brother is definitely winning that one.
2: Yeah, you wouldn't even get Janelle out. You wouldn't even get Janelle no, a shot. No, no, my,
1: my brother's
0: winning that one.
2: Yeah, but she works my in the brother.
0: HR. <laughs> <laughs> and shout out to Janelle. She shows us some love. She's always popping in Yo, once in a while.
2: Janelle maybe. is, let me, okay, let me tell you about Janelle. Okay. So she was the one who invi- that I kept in touch with when I went to New York and invited me to Love Story. But that, that's a place I'll never forget about going to. Because the whole entire bar, it was for a UFC fight fight party. The whole entire bar was wrestling fans. Yeah. Right. I couldn't
1: yeah. believe it. And it's a I, it's a niche over here. It's a niche of, like, I don't know. How was it enrolled on when it comes to wrestling fans? It's,
0: it's not really, like, a community-type thing, but it's one of those when you go to the show, you see the same people, and it's like, hey, what's going on, or whatever, like, long time no see what's going on with you. But the moment wrestling fancy, I will say this on my birthday. Um, Kyle and Carl took me to this place called uh, what's it called, the Free Play Arcade. Yeah, Free Play arcade. arcade. Yeah, it's like a it's like a like an adult like arcade room, and they have like a little nightclub upstairs. And I'm walking. I'm rocking a wrestling shirt. Carl's rocking a wrestling shirt. We go in there. We see a ton of people with wrestling merch on. I just went like this, and for the next hour, everybody with wrestling gear on was coming up and to sweeting me for my birthday. They're like, it's his birthday, it's his birthday, too sweet. Goes to the bartender, it's his birthday, shots on me, too sweet. Like, the entire, like, it's when we're together, it's a great time. It really is a great time. Nobody's hating on anything. No one's shit talking. We're all like, whatever show we go see, we have fun.
2: Nah, you gotta gotta love the community, man.
0: Definitely. Oh, yeah, absolutely.
2: But, Uh, yeah, like, Janelle, when I first started talking about Janelle, this is the first time I've ever heard a woman asked me this. Like, I was telling her, like, who I was, my podcast, and I'm from Rhode Island, and we just talk about wrestling fans and stuff. And she asked me, what was the indie scene like? I never, that was the first time I'd ever heard that from a female, let alone a black female, but oh, well, a female yeah. in general. How was the indie scene like up there?
0: We're actually, we got some pretty good stuff like we have uh beyond wrestling does our area a lot they uh they do a lot oh, of mass man. Rhode Island uh we have a company called uh, XWA uh through there you, we have mentioned like, that yep we had XWA who uh had guys like uh Mike Bennett was here Tommaso Ciampa was the champion right before he got signed to WWE uh we had Uja Mike Nation. Bennett
2: and um Mike Bennett, sorry to cut you off yeah. Mike Bennett and Matt Tavin actually ran it
0: for yeah Matt, T- Matt Taven from Ring mm-hmm. of Honor they they actually run the school out here um, we had Uha nation prior to becoming Apollo Crews. We had him for a little while. Um We have another company called what which is wrestling has a tomorrow uh, They run this place in Providence called the uh, fat like a it's like a little nightclub or whatever But they do a lot of their shows out of there um, We get a lot of people like we got like AR Fox used to come down a lot. Um, Paul London um, Out of like Rhode Island guys. I'll always throw out JT Dunn. He's a, he's from Providence um, oh really? Yeah, he, he's from Providence Rhode Island. He's a, a super cool dude his I I watch a switch stream and we chat once in a while Um, I I always say I always tell people keep an eye out on him I don't know when he's gonna get the call from somebody, but I think he's gonna get the call from somebody one of these days um But yeah, like the independent scene out here. The, there's usually a show every month or so Out here. So like oh, well prior to what's going on But there's there's usually a show out here <laughs> and we get a couple decent names and like big like independent names during the time, like we got the Bucks for a while, we got, um, we got like pretty much that whole little crew except for Kenny. So, but aside from that, like, yeah, we, we got a lot of big names. Like Cobb used to come down here a lot too. Keith Lee was a regular for XWA for a little while. So Leo, Leo was down here. This is the first time I actually met Leo was at XWA show.
2: Oh, um, Wild Man Congo who wrestled for Ring of Honor. He's pretty big
0: on the indie scene.
2: Yep, wow. okay. starts, like, yeah, I trained with Congo. He's very good friends of ours. And that's
0: how Carl got the name Stinky Carl.
2: We're
0: not gonna go there. <laughs> <laughs> he told he told us on the show, but he's a yeah, he's a he's a great guy. So Congo's awesome. Dope. But but the it's, energy, dope. You know, it's it's pretty strong out here. Um, like I said, I know like you like you're from New York and your scene's a lot different than ours. So what's it like for you right now in New York or prior to what's oh, occurred?
1: Well, well prior there's a lot of a lot of like so it's like New York, New Jersey. Yep. So they kind of run together. So. The one like there's a there's Hog H O G, there's um Battle Club Pro. That's one of our partners.
3: Okay.
1: Um BCW Brie Combination Wrestling. We have um Violence and Suffering BWF.
3: Um,
1: so we've had everybody come out here. To be honest, Austin Theory. I've interviewed Austin Theory because uh, he's been he, he's been he's been at a um a BCW show. Amazing, Red, you, you guys. Well, he's my coach. The Bucks. I've seen, met the Bucks a couple times. Mm-hmm. I met Cole um, Adam not Adam Cole because um, also uh, Evolve runs out runs out of New York a lot, a lot. Oh, nice. So you'll see a lot of WWE NXT guys that that come and do shows come and do shows out here. Also, Warriors of Wrestling. Um, their owner. He's a former, like, WWE-ish kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Like, he wasn't a top guy, so he knows a lot of people. So that's how I met Tommy Dreamer, because okay. he was booked for the show. So it's it's a good scene. It's a really good scene in New York. Like, mm-hmm. healthy, like, real healthy scene. Very competitive, but also community-based. Yeah. And, and, and it was at a really good point, like, right before the pandemic. I believe it. Like, like because it was... In my opinion, it was a, a like a whole restarting of the scene because, to be honest, a lot of people got signed to AEW or NXT. Yeah. So they like AEW literally came into the the independence scene and like pillaged the independence yeah. of talent. So it was a like I, I kept telling my guy, my, my couple of my friends who wrestle like consistently, I was like, "Yo, this is your time." So there was a re- a slow resurgence happening of new talent coming up, but like I said before, and some people are saying no, maybe not. When this pandemic is over and the soulmate got released from WWE, yeah. the independent scene in, in America is about to be
0: crazy flooded, flooded. And I will say this: I I, I watched a couple of House of Glory shows. Uh, Ken Broadway, kids awesome. Oh. Ken Broadway is awesome. I I watched this dude a couple of times, you know. And rest in peace to Matt Travis, but. Ken Broadway got something, man. That, kid, that kid's that kid got talent, and I could see he... I'm surprised he's not signed yet, at least to either a development deal or to somewhat on his way to AEW. That kid's got some scary, serious skills when it comes from like representing House of Glory.
1: I'll, I'll say this here, because I haven't said it anywhere else. My It was like my first month or second month um, training at House of Glory.
3: Mm.
1: And... We we did something called Strong Style Saturdays. Okay. So basically, it's like we're taking sh- shots. And we're taking. We're doing. We're doing forearms to the um to the chin. We're hitting each other hard across the back. We're doing kicks across each other's chest. Mm. And I got teamed up with with Ken. Oh man, he's not a small. He's, not, he's not a small dude. <laughs> so. I was low-key. Nobody knows, but I was marking the fuck out in my head. I was like, yes! <laughs> yes! Yes! And so we're doing a spot where you got around the neck, and you, you, you throw, like, the um, the fore, forearm, elbow type, type to the neck. And I'm throw, I'm trying to throw a haymaker at this dude. Because <laughs> you want to hear a clicking sound. I'm like, boom! And then I was like, <laughs> like, this is my face, like, oh, yes! And then, so, Red is... Cause um, Ken's one of the top students there, so Ken Reynolds like is it all right, and um, Brian was like, mm-hmm, 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 that was good, that was good, that was like your Mike Bennett moment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> like I was like, oh, let's do this. <laughs> it's like, it's like yeah. I, I call the
0: initiation phase. It's like they yeah. want to test, they want to test your metal a little bit. It, it, it's it's there's some talented people at Hog,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and, and I'm not saying it because. I'm I'm training out of there, but the level of like of excellence there is really high compared to others. Like, I, I, and I'm not just saying it because I'm there, and, I, and I'm not saying I'm at that level yet. Mm-hmm. But the guys I've trained with, the guys who are like legit getting bookings consistently, it's, another, it's a level, it's another level of talent, another level of talent. Like Red is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, red's amazing.
2: Now I got a question about how it does has it changed since Master P invested into it and brought it up? So it was on the verge of things starting to change. Like
1: slowly, things were changing internally. The I guess the, the, what I can tell you guys, things were changing, mm-hmm. but the pandemic happened. So it's it's been like a little pause on on, on the situation. But like like I'm telling you, like when, if things go back to normal and like you know we all get back to our regular. Somewhat regular lives. Lives. Twenty twenty one is going to be huge for for the wrestling scene, and especially for Hog. Like there's some good things that's going to start coming out, and wrestling's at a resurgence right now. That it it was going to. Like I really felt like that Fox deal mm. was like the beginning of like something different for wrestling. I agree. But one of the things that I will say, this pandemic hurt wrestling, but helped wrestling at the same time. Because remember. Wrestling is the only sport that's still going on right now. Yeah. So it, there's eyes on there's eyes on this on this sport and it, it, it's like big things are gonna happen for 2021. I'm hoping I'm not like <laughs> um, jinxing anything. And next thing we know, we have like a a world plague and, and like next year or something. But fingers crossed that the big things about to happen in 2021. Because this I told everybody I'm not aging this year. This year doesn't count. Yeah. I'm not going up in age. Black don't cry. Nope. Either,
0: so you're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, but no, we have been on here for over an hour and a half, and uh, yeah. we we've discussed Owen. We discussed Dark Side of the Ring. So I think it's about time that we wrap this up. Trust me, I yeah. can sit here and talk wrestling with you guys. Yeah, we long. all care. Yeah. So, uh, so Wilkins, from uh, personally, I want to thank you. I'm a fan of your show. I've been listening for a while now. Uh, Thank you. Uh, nothing but love and support for you guys, and especially being out in New York, I see a lot of big things coming y'all's way. And trust me, when this pandemic is over, I'm going to find my way down to one of the Jabba Tears viewing parties, and I'm going to get my black ass drunk. And I'm bringing alcohol. <laughs> well, not a sloppy drunk. I'm not a, well, not like said, a sloppy. So. <laughs> yeah,
2: I'm DJing one of the one of the viewing parties.
1: <laughs> I got you. I got you. Right. Listen, first drink is on me. I got I got I gotta play the fifty wings waiting it's, for it's, it's gonna be eating <laughs> between us two. I might have to get a hundred cause we're some big dudes. So a big <laughs> a lot. I'm, I'm <laughs> little, but
0: I, I,
2: can't, I, I can
0: eat. <laughs> we know. The little dudes know how to eat. <laughs> Y'all to me all day long for real. And uh trust me, uh same sentiments go with uh Kyle and Eddie. We're fans of the show. Uh, we enjoy what you do. We we appreciate what you do for other podcasters, especially with your network and stuff. Um we just want to say thank you again for taking the time to come speak with us, especially about this. Thank interview. you for having me, man. Oh, no. Any, anytime, trust me, anytime you would love to come back on, if we can reach out to you, we will be more than welcome to have you on. Uh, Carl, you're always there for man. us. Thank you again. You're the one who set well, this whole thing up, too, by the way.
2: Listen, thank you, Carl. we friends. We are we already friends. Like, I, I'll never forget, like, I. I think you guys, I posted something with, it was either with myself or with Codex and we posted something about wrestling and I just came across Jabba Tears podcast. I'm like, okay. Like, for some reason I just clicked on their page. So I'm like, wait, what? So then I automatically subscribed. Started listening and I'm like, yo, these guys are, these people are my age, look just like me and they're wrestling fans. And then I'm like, Yo, they know their shit, mm-hmm. just like. Me. And I was like, "Yeah, I have no, ch- I had no choice. I was like, I have to reach out to these guys." <laughs> thank you, thank and you. And we've you. been and we've been kicking it since. I got one of it. I got one of shirts. wore one of their shirts on my birthday one year. Still sitting in the closet. So now I appreciate
1: I appreciate the love and and like I appreciate that like we all get to work together and like do stuff together because like this community is small and it's already small of people that look like us yes exactly <laughs> so it's good to just just network and, and continue you guys are on twitter
0: yeah we yeah have, we have a twitter yeah
1: i need to add you guys to to the out to the out we'll say it off camera okay. <laughs> <laughs> does, does both of you guys send me a message on
0: from your does both your podcasts have a? Yeah, Twitter. I, yeah, I handle yeah. the I handle the UWO uh Twitter page. Me and Carl technically run the UWO page. I know Carl does the codec stuff. So,
1: so send me a message through to the to the um the podcast pages. Like right, on my po- send it, send a message to the John Patias page from your podcast. All right, Just, all
0: right. On Twitter on Twitter. All right, cool. Not a problem. But again, yeah. thank you guys so much, and thank you to everybody who's listening to this now or later on on demand when you guys have the opportunity. Uh, this was really fun. I truly did enjoy this, and I hope you guys enjoyed this as well. Um, Mr. Wilkins, anything you want to promote uh, prior to us ending the show? Um, I have some
1: potential projects coming up. You guys will hear about it. Hopefully, you guys can help me um, promote it and support it as well. Definitely. So, but all I got to say is I really appreciate this of having me on. It's It means a lot. And, Carl, thanks for asking me. Ryan, um, thanks for, like, just b- being dope and living multiple lives and, and like... <laughs> I didn't even talk about well, the time that I was a stripper. <laughs> well, Young, well younger, years, younger, years, younger
0: years, younger
1: years, Young years. <laughs> Guys, thank you. I certainly I appreciate it. And the people who are listening, if you want to find me, my name is Sir Wilkins on all platforms, social media platform S-I-R underscore Wilkins, W-I-L-K-I-N-S. And the Tears podcast on all forms of social media as well. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Bird. Oh man, Forex Prime
2: podcast. Just Google us. We are everywhere. Uh, you can also just find me, Mr. Bird, ten twenty-seven. Uh, eventually, I'll get back to like doing some live mixes. I don't know because that whole Facebook flagging DJs and stuff gets uh, you know, it kind of gets to me. But You're I've been voting IG. Like- do on IG, yeah. Yeah, I think I did an IG once, but yeah, Facebook be messing with me so. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'll get this time. I've been wanting to do some like old school mixes, a couple of wrestling mixes as well. So, be on the lookout for that. Yeah, I think I'll probably stick to just IG. All right,
0: and to everybody else, again, thank you for listening to the show. Uh, we will be back live this Sunday. Uh, We might have a special guest from uh, one of our wrestling groups, uh, representing uh, NAAW. We might have Jabari on. We we might have Jabari on. Uh, We have to confirm it with him, but he said he was going to come on after Double or Nothing. And, uh, yeah, we'll be on Sunday talking Double or Nothing and everything else that's going on in the wrestling world. And thank you, guys. We appreciate it. And we will catch everybody later. Thank you.